Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The Bible tells us in verse 12, look at it, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, pardon me, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of darkness of this age. Saints, the battle that we're facing isn't with flesh and blood, as I mentioned. It's a spiritual battle, right? You understand that? With principalities and powers. Principalities and powers speak of rankings of demons. So there's different ranks of demons. Like there's a buck private demon. And there is a captain demon. There's like a general demon. So there's different rankings of demons. You know, people say to me, Pastor Rodney, you know, the devil was just really distracting me. And the devil's doing this and the devil's doing that. I'm like, the devil ain't doing nothing to you. You ain't that important to the devil. Okay. The devil sent a buck, buck, buck private after you because you ain't doing that much. Well, the devil can't be everywhere at once, but what he can be and what he can do is he can have these various rankings of demons and principalities and powers to distract you. Are y'all, are y'all following me? Mm-hmm. Seems like this half of the room is following me, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh-uh. Mary, you understand what I'm saying? Okay, fine. Praise the Lord. The word wrestle, write this down, means to pin down, to put your foot on the neck, for we wrestle. Means to pin down, to put your foot on the neck. In the Roman days, the wrestlers went into the ring to wrestle. And the idea was to get their hands around the neck to press the head until the opponent was not only pinned down, but they were dead. Y'all know WWF? Y'all know that's fake, don't you? Okay, in all, in the spirit. (laughs) I know. Because like in the spirit of transparency, I thought it was real at one point. (laughs) And then last year I learned it was fake. <laughs> Just That's all fake. It's phony. Can I read you a story? Y'all know I like jokes. Let me read you a story. There was once a boxer who was being pummeled in the ring by his opponent. Blow after blow by his adversary left him with a bloody nose, swollen eyes, and an enormous amount of pain. The battered boxer's trainer, trying to encourage the man between rounds, kept telling him, you're doing great, Mike, you're doing great. That bum is barely touching you, Mike, you are doing great. To which 
the boxer replied, then you better keep your eye on that referee because somebody is killing me. (laughs) Wrestling's fake. But our battle with demons and our wrestling with demons, that's not fake. That's not fake. Paul is telling us that Satan and spiritual forces, wicked forces in heavenly places are trying to pin us down and kill us. Pin us down to kill us. Therefore, 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 verse 13, take up the, what does it say, Zane? Piece of the armor. One or two pieces. The whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, do what? See, you got to put on the full armor of God, right? And one missing piece can be a disaster. One missing piece could mean death. A missing piece leaves a weak spot in your defense. Saints, you cannot pick and choose what piece you want to pick up. What piece you want to put on? You got to put on the full armor, the whole armor of God. And then in our text, Paul then lists six pieces of the armor. Six pieces of the armor. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, feet prepared with the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. Now we know, listen, let me have your attention. Look at me. We know that Paul spent a lot of time in prison. Paul had a great prison ministry. Two years chained to a prison guard. Paul was productive while he was in prison. While Paul was doing time in prison, Paul wrote Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. And then Paul continued to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. Can you imagine being chained to Paul the apostle for two years, he probably drove them poor Romans crazy. Paul was every single day, hey, you know Jesus? Hey, I'm writing another book. Let me read it to you. Oh, no, boy, baby. Paul probably drove them crazy, trying to get the gospel into him, preaching the gospel. Never stop talking about Jesus, so get the scene. Paul's chained to a Roman guard. The Roman guard has on his armor. And Paul looks at the Roman guard and he looks at each piece of the armor and, 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 and Paul probably said to him, well, hey, what about that, that sword thing? What is that? What do you use that for? And, and, and what's the, he probably asked the guard, what's the importance of each piece and what's the purpose of each piece? And after the guard explained it to him, in God's ordained time, Paul began to make an analogy. As the Roman soldier needed physical armor, pardon me, allergies, I think. As the Roman soldier, as that soldier needed physical armor to fight the wars, Christians, we need spiritual armor to successfully fight our wars. So Paul then looked, let's get to it. He looked at the belt on the soldier's waist and he called it the belt of truth. The ancient Roman soldier's belt was different than our belt. Our belt holds our pants up, 
so they don't fall down, right? Of course, I will never understand sagging. Why would you put a belt on so the belt and your pants can be around your knees? Somebody inquiring minds want to know what's going on. So Paul looks at the belt. He says that that represents the belt of truth. The belt of truth was associated, write this down, with readiness or preparedness. A Roman soldier would take the belt and and tuck excess fabric. Maybe his robe was there and he would tuck the excess fabric into the belt to free up the legs to help them to be ready to run and be ready to fight and be ready for action. Most scholars believe this was the first thing a soldier would do in putting on his armor and he would fasten the belt. The belt of truth held every other piece of armor in place. That is important. The belt held every other piece of armor in place. Now, whenever you see truth, saints, in the Bible, particularly in the New Testament, whenever you see the word truth, you want to immediately think of Jesus. As soon as you see the the word truth, think of Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Don't you remember? He's in the garden. He's praying to the father and he's praying for you. He's praying for me. He's praying for the world. He's praying for the disciples. And he said, father, John 17, 17 memory verse. He said, father, sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is. So whenever you see the word truth in the Bible, you want to think of Jesus putting on the belt of truth. Matter of fact, made me think of uh, John 8, 32. Know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Putting on the belt of truth is knowing and believing and trusting the word of God and what it says about you. Question, are you putting on truth today? And you at home, are you putting on truth? Are you putting on the truth of the word of God? You know, there's a lot of pseudo-truth. Is that an oxymoron? Pseudo-truth. It's not truth. Fake truth. I guess it works. Fake truth. The coronavirus has caused people to be fearful. And let me just say to you that if you're being fearful, then you're not putting on truth. Mm -hmm. That's true. You're not putting on truth because God's word tells us not to be fearful. The truth, are you following me? The truth of the word, we are not to be fearful. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Come on, come on, come on. Isn't that true? And don't get me wrong. Some, you know, it's almost like people cannot walk and chew gum anymore. Folk cannot walk and chew gum anymore. So, oh, well, if you say I ought not be fearful, he's giving me power, love, sound mind, then you're saying that we ought not walk in wisdom and do the right thing and wear the mask and use a sanitizer and wash our hands. No, ma'am, no, sir, that's not what I'm saying. Because I can walk and chew gum at the same time. How about you? I'm going to write a sermon, walk and chew gum. I can I cannot be fearful because I trust in the truth of the word of God and wash my hands. Yes, sir. 
<laughs> yes, sir. And wash my hands. I think I said it like months ago. Have faith. Wash your hands. Somebody made a meme and sent it to me. It's one of them. One of them what they call it a gift or a gift. It's a gift or a gift. Is a gift? Y'all, y'all really don't know what's going on in the world, do y'all? Y'all like, I don't know. Somebody made me a gift. No, give me a gift. Make me a gif. <laughs> give me a gift. And it was, I think you might have saw it, right? Have faith, wash your hands. Have faith, wash your hands. Because we can walk in gum. We have the rock solid truth of the word of God. Somebody say amen. And when circumstances change, saints, and God's word doesn't. Serious question. Ask yourself, are you trusting in the truth of the word? Satan has many schemes in his bag of tricks. But the one thing he'll always attack is the truth of the word of God. You know, I was reading this survey taken and listen to this. People were asked, do they agree, somewhat agree, disagree, or strongly disagree? Question, is there such a thing as absolute truth? 28% of the people had a strong belief in absolute truth. Even more surprising, 23% of all born-again Christians believed in absolute truth. 23% of all born-again Christians believe in absolute truth. That's shocking. More than 75% of Christians say nothing can be known for sure. They don't believe the Bible. Huh? They don't believe in the God who created the earth. Somebody say amen. If there's no absolute truth, then by definition, nothing can be said to be absolutely true. You'll get that on the way home, okay? Listen to this article. Absolute truth versus situational truth. Absolute truth versus situational truth. Absolute truth means, and I was reading this article, absolute truth means a truth that is unchanging and stays the same. It isn't changed by circumstances or feelings. Situational truth, which is a lie, situational truth changes based on circumstances to give a fairer, balanced approach where each instance is taken as it comes. If you believe it's true, then you, de- you define what's true for you. Situational truth. Christians, we believe in the absolute truth of the word of God. Am I right about it? I'll wait while you clap your hands. I'll wait. And true Christians are ready to fight for the truth. And true Christians stand up for the truth. Say amen. True Christians will earnestly contend for the faith. And one last thing, saints, can I encourage you? Listen, we are at critical mass in our country. Seek truth. Because truth is still essential. Am I right about it? Truth is essential. The belt of truth holds your garments together. The word of God, the truth of the word holds the Christian together. Paul says, put on the belt of truth and then notice what's next. What's next? What's next? The breastplate of righteousness for the Roman soldier. He has everything tucked in. He's ready. Next, he puts on the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness. 
You can't run into battle unless you put on your breastplate. The breastplate, taking notes, protected vital organs, lungs and intestines and your abdomen and your heart. Actually, in the ancient Roman world, they called the breastplate the heart guard, the heart guard. No Roman soldier would go into battle without this, his vital organs being protected. Listen, you can take a shot in the thigh and you can take a shot in the arm and you can take a shot in the shoulder, but you can't take a shot in your vital organs. You can't take a shot in your heart or you're dead. Saints, when we go to battle, we've got to protect our hearts, right? We put on the breastplate of righteousness. What's that, Pastor Rodney? Keep your pen. The breastplate of righteousness is putting on true righteousness. True righteousness comes from Jesus. The breastplate of righteousness speaks of the righteousness in Christ. That's what you write down. The righteousness in Christ. Second Corinthians 521. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The breastplate of righteousness speaks to our position in Christ. When the enemy comes in like a flood, that's the time to go to battle. You got to put on that righteousness that's in Christ. Anybody know what I'm talking about? To know that God is good. To know that you're standing in truth. To know that you're standing in the promises of God. And the promises of God provide peace and protection and security. To know that I can do all things through Christ because he strengthens me. you got to know this when you're going into battle. got to know how good God is. Righteousness that comes from him, the breastplate. And then thirdly, your feet prepared with the gospel of peace. You're still with me? Say amen. Your feet prepared with the gospel of peace. Listen, having the right kind of shoes for anything is important and critical. Am I right about it? Israel, we were in Israel uh, 20, 2020 of January. It seems like forever ago. And I had the wrong shoes, y'all. I'm telling you, honey, did we pack everything that we did not need? We had nothing that we needed. Because we had gone to Israel so many times, and it was always so sunny and so warm, and boom, 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 boom. So we bought all those kind of clothes, right? This trip... I've been there 18 times, I, at least. This trip, it was rainy and cold. Actually, somebody said it snowed somewhere in Israel. Somebody told me that. It was rainy and cold. I got a cold there. I got a cold on the way home. I think I might have built up some antibodies. Because I was sick as a dog when I got home. This virus was sick as a dog when we got home. Took the wrong shoes. I had some, you know, the REI shoes, but these were the mesh kind. You know, the mesh shoes, and they were good walking shoes, but they were the mesh shoes. And everywhere I went, my feet were wet because it rained, rained, rained. I was so miserable. It was a wonderful trip. (laughs) And I hated it. (laughs) It was awful. You guys remember. It was awful. In a good way. Awful in a good way. We had the wrong shoes. Shoes are important. Shoes are important for athletics, right? Right shoes are important for war. They are certainly important for hand-to-hand combat. 
Armies have been defeated for a lack of shoes. Did you know that during the Revolutionary War, one of the greatest problems in America for the Americans, specifically in 1777, North Carolina was getting the troops was was, the problem was getting the troops shoes here in North Carolina. You see, at times the Americans were fighting against the British barefoot shoes. Their shoes wore out. Shoes are important. The Roman soldier was putting on shoes in order to advance against the enemy. The shoes gave him some traction and keeps him from slipping. And without spiritual shoes, we can't keep our traction. Without our spiritual shoes, are y'all follow me? Without our spiritual shoes, we'll keep slipping and we'll keep falling. Without our shoes, the enemy will keep knocking you down, having your feet shot or prepared with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What does that mean, Pastor? The gospel of peace, that's the gospel, right? Sometimes called the gospel of Christ and sometimes called the gospel of God. It's the good news that we have peace with God. To make peace with God means that you're not an enemy with God. Did you know that you're not an enemy with God? Did you know that God is on your side? God is not against. Somebody get glad about that. God is not against you. He's for you. He's for you. He's not against you. He loves us. We make peace with God when we give our hearts to Jesus. Before you give your heart to God and before you give your life to Jesus, the Bible teaches you're an enemy with God. You're at odds with God. You're at opposition with God. But then when you give your life to Jesus, then you make your way the, red, the white flag. I was going to say the red flag. The flag's white. The white flag. I surrender. I give up. I give up. And you make peace with God. And now God is for you. And now you're not opposing God. When Satan comes attacking us, we have to stand in this great truth that we are at peace with God, right? Therefore, God is for me and not against me. How many of you know our God is a God of peace? Huh? Philippians 4, 6, memory verse, Philippians 4, 6, 7, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Folk don't understand why you have peace. Folk don't understand why, why, why the Corona doesn't have you fearful. They don't understand it. They don't understand it. Why? Because they don't know what the peace of God feels like. I have the peace of God in my heart. And not only that, but I'm going to tell you something. Can I? Come on. Come on. You're going to do it. Do it right. I got a peace of God in my heart. And what will be, will be. Am I right about it? Look, I'm going to say this as lovely as I possibly can. We're all going to die someday. I trust the Lord that when it's time for Ryan to go, I'm going to bounce. That means leave, y'all. Some of y'all are like, he's going to bounce? What does bounce mean, Harry? Susan? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave. I'm going to go be with Jesus. In the meantime, in between time, I'm going to be right here doing the work in the ministry. And I won't be fearful. Because I have the peace of God that passes understanding. Where are the peaceful people at? Come on, clap your hands and say amen, Pastor. 
And this peace, by the way, this peace, by the way, has nothing to do with people or circumstances. It has nothing to do with how much money you have in the bank. It has nothing to do with outward circumstances, but inward confidence. This kind of peace is built on the knowledge that my sins are forgiven and I am a child of God and nothing good will God withhold from me. Even when you don't understand things happening in your life and in this world, you can have peace. Peace that exceeds understanding the shield of faith. Put on the shield of faith. Y'all still with me? Say amen. The shield of faith is faith. In what God has promised. In battle, when the enemy shoots arrows from a distance, the Roman soldier would squat down behind the shield and be completely protected. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.